Hello, everybody, to a new episode of Leaders in Supply Chain podcast. This time around, different format. We wanted to share with you one of the episodes that we've done recently on market scale around the topics of how supply chains run the world and why a career in supply chain is such a great thing. Do listen in. I've, I've shared some of my impressions from speaking to many of the executives across the industry as well as my own lessons and learnings across the 10, 15 years that we've been around in, in Alco Global. Hope you like it and, and you learn a lot from it. Enjoy. So, Radu, tell me about your career path and how you got to where you are now with Alcott Global. Uh, just just give, give us a, your story and a little bit more about yourself. Sure. So, um, Alcott Global does a few things. Uh, we like to say that we connect the supply chain ecosystem, and mm -hmm. we do that through three different uh, services. One is executive search, so we do headhunting and recruitment for senior level positions within supply chain. Then we do a number of events and, and large summits to bring the industry together. And thirdly, we have an arm that does training and consulting. So these three things. And, and I ended up uh, with, uh, with Elcott and doing this for the last eight to 10 years now, mostly by accident. I don't know if, <laughs> if anybody uh, wants to be a recruiter, headhunter in supply chain, but, uh, you know, it kind of happened to me. I, I fell into it, but over time, I must say that I've, kind of fallen in love with the function, with the profession, made a lot of good friends. And um, now it's much easier for me to say that in the next 20, 30 years, I'll probably do the same thing. So tell us a little bit about what that looks like on a day-to-day -day basis as a recruiter, headhunter type of uh, role for Alcott Global. What is your, what does your day typically consist of? The bread and butter, I guess, if I'm to distill it to uh, uh, fundamentals is talking to people. So uh, ultimately, we are there to connect people. We are there to connect companies with very good candidates that would uh, help them take the business forward. In order to do that, you need to speak to a lot, a lot, a lot of people. So um, even right now, uh, case in point today, probably there was like 20 different uh, individuals and interviews that I had to do. We're doing a very large search for a conglomerate for Philippines market, they're looking for their managing director. It's a large food manufacturing business. Um, it's a combination of factors that need to be taken into account from size of business to people wanting to work, obviously, in Philippines as well, to the right experience. So you end up talking to a lot of people and um, it's kind of like sometimes looking for the needle in the haystack. You need to find that right combination that fits the culture of the organization and also that has the highest chance that will take that business forward. So. That's, that's the main activity of the day. Just from your conversations with people, what generally motivates folks to get into supply chain? What, what interests people in this particular line of work, just from your experience? Maybe I would, I would look at it from the angle of people that have been in the industry for a while and what mm -hmm. keeps them going first. So um, sure. I, think, I, I think what is refreshing to me is that uh, most people within supply chain, especially if they've had a career of 10, 20, 30 years, are deeply passionate about it. It's, and they, they're also a characteristic of them in general being problem solvers, troubleshooters. Supply chain at large makes things and moves things, uh, very simplistically put. So the people that are in it have this type of mentality of let's get things done. And um, you're talking about products that can save lives, right? So we've, we're going through this, we're still in this COVID-19 crisis. 
um, you're moving vaccines, you're making vaccines, you're moving vaccines or uh, protection equipment or whatever it may be. There's just one angle, the healthcare angle to it, right? Then food, we haven't been struggling with food shortages, have we? Uh, in most parts of the world, we've been fine. Okay, here and there, some toilet paper issues, but mostly we've been fine. Why has that happened? Because supply chain experts and professionals have done a tremendous job at the back end to keep things moving. So I would say that those individuals in general, after after this time spent, they tend to love what they do. They tend to like what they do a lot. Not necessarily. They also don't necessarily do it because they get a, a lot of praise and thanks. It's usually tends to be a thankless type of a function and industry in a way that uh, if we think from a consumer perspective, when somebody brings your package to the door, if you ordered something on e-commerce, you may forget to say thank you. You will only definitely remember to complain if they're late, right? So in that sense, supply chain can end up being a little bit of a thankless industry. And that thus people inside it are usually driven by, you know, how am I adding value? How am I solving problems? How am I enabling, you know, goods made or moved around the world? Do you think that given the crisis over the last year plus that more people are maybe acutely aware of supply chain and and what it does and its function in our everyday lives than maybe were aware of it previously? Do you think that maybe there's a heightened awareness and interest in supply chain and, and supply chain careers as a result? There's definitely more people that have heard the term supply chain, that 100%. Whether or not they understand it, I'm not sure, but they have heard about it. <laughs> Even, you know, President Biden said it, there's, there's a couple of leaders who said it, there's an increase as well, a very clear increase in the number of board seats that are allocated for chief supply chain officers. CEOs at large realize that their companies are depending on their supply chains to work if they're to stay in business, because if your products are not reaching your clients, it's very simple, you're bankrupt. And that has... Uh, happened and there's been incredible bottlenecks in supply chains across the world, right? So I think CEOs are much more aware. I think we as consumers, we've heard it in the news, we've heard it the term across the board. So I think there's, there's much more awareness of the term. Again, whether or not people understand it better, I don't know, but they at least know that such a thing as supply chain exists, which is a good thing. Secondly, even let's take Suez Canal and what happened there, right, with the large ship uh, ever given that was stuck there for a couple of weeks, uh, well, seven, ten days, if I remember, and everybody was talking about it. Now, I've heard stories of a CEO telling his head of supply chain or head of operations to get the container off the ship. So it's a, the ship was eventually freed, per se, so it's not blocking the canal. But it's not freed in another in another sense of the word because that boat is still that ship is still stuck there and there's some huge litigations right because the canal has to get money back for the all the liabilities and the delays that it was called it caused other ships right so those goods are still on that ship and it's likely mm -hmm. that it's going to stay like that for a while. Point of my story with the CEO is that he was expecting the head of supply chain to somehow miraculously get that container off that ship <laughs> uh, and somehow just managed to get that one container of that particular company. There's 20,000 plus containers yeah, on that ship. Mm -hmm. um, and he didn't quite understand how is that not possible. So there's still, I think, depending on the company, it's an extreme example. Depending on the company and depending on the executive, there's still a disconnect in terms of the real understanding of supply chain and logistics at large. But yes, at least the terminology, the term, 
is definitely been more used and many, many, many people have heard about it. Yeah, I think that's that's certainly been the case over the last uh, year, year and a half or so. Now, uh, Radu, you live in that Asia-Pacific area there in Singapore. Tell us just about um, how supply chain has, has shown you the world. You, you traveled quite a bit, especially pre-COVID. Tell us a little bit about that and maybe some of your favorite places to visit and, and what uh, working in supply chain has allowed you to do in terms of traveling and, and getting to experience different places. Yeah, and... I, I guess to link it to, and I didn't address so much the other question that you said in terms of do people join supply chain and take up supply chain as a career. I think this part with traveling, with experiencing, with uh, with experiencing new things, with getting a chance to see different perspectives, operations, manufacturing plants, ports, or logistics hubs. That's a big, big plus that supply chain as a career offers. Now, in these days and day and age, traveling is a lot harder. Uh, it will come around, uh, whatever the new around will look like. And I think that's a big that's a big plus for a lot of people. You get to experience a lot of things. And I used to travel a lot. Uh, you use you go you go where the client needs you. So ultimately, if I need to recruit, uh, now I didn't have to, I didn't go to, to the Philippines for this rather large operation that we are recruiting for, but otherwise I would have gone and seen it for myself and then get gotten a sense from the ground up as well as interact with the team and so on. But that's from a recruitment perspective, from a recruiter perspective. If I actually worked in supply chain, let's say as a plant director, then you get to see different plants, different manufacturing size, different operations, take practices from one to the other, make it better, improve the way manufacturing process is done, improve effectiveness. So I think it's a never-ending journey of improvement. And that get, gets people a lot of exposure. Plus, if you work in transport or logistics or shipping, those that industry as a, at large is very in tune with rotating people around the world. And supply chain at large, right? Manufacturing at large does the same, right? There's a plant, a manufacturing facility in Asia is not the same as a manufacturing facility in Europe or the one in US. The labor mm -hmm. relations are different. The technologies sometimes are different, though there's, there's a certain standardization. So I think that's quite an exciting piece of, of that the function and the career offers, this diversity of uh, operations, of learnings, of environments, of cultures, of organizations. Would you say that's that's maybe the most rewarding part about what you get to do? Uh, t tell me about that. What what is the most rewarding thing for you personally, just about your career and the the area that you work in within supply chain? For, for me, it's 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 about people. So I'm I'm mm -hmm. a high on extrovert, high on people interaction. Um, so I'm maybe I'm actually through the roof. So for for me, it's about <laughs> the people within the function. It's the people within the trade. For other uh, other. Uh, individuals, uh, of course, it's case by case basis. So if you're into engineering, if you're into fixing things, if you're, you know, there's there's plenty to do across the board. But for me, I would say the, the key is people. So that um, exposure to different ways of doing things, different cultures, different uh, ways of seeing things, mindsets, that's what gets me going. And also you end up building some long term, sustainable and interesting relationships and friendships ultimately. So I think that's that what gets me going. And that's why I'm very sure that I'll be around in the next 20 years because I've built over the last 10 years a wide array of networks and friendships and relationships. And I want to stick around with those people because you also see them growing, right? You also see them progressing in their careers. We play a small part 
in terms of hopefully getting them better options sometimes we also play an important part uh, to a lot of companies when we place the right person it helps the overall company it helps the overall organization it impacts a lot of lives so that impact is also something that gets me going right i can see that that what we do has meaning and with the with the piece that we're doing on the content side on the podcast on the event side we enable a lot of learning and sharing within the industry a lot of information sharing and that's a big big thing even today i spoke to three people one was in thailand one was in germany and i think the third one was somewhere in uh, south america if i remember and all of them had listened to our podcast and had been to our event and the first thing that they told me is like keep doing that i was calling them to talk about a job uh, but they, <laughs> the first thing that they said is like thanks for the content because it enables me to learn from so many different perspectives around the world so that's also something that gives me personally a kick knowing that you're actually helping people in different ways whether it is giving them a new career whether it's placing a great person in a in a great company or whether it's enabling them to share information case studies and examples that help each other learn from one another Absolutely, I, I think that's that's fantastic advice and and just um, a really really good word there. Uh, so, what advice, Radu, would you give to someone who is starting their career in supply chain? What what kinds of things would you tell them to expect and to be ready for? One no no day is is like the other. So we are living the stark reality of that with good and with bad. So I mean, the good part is that we'll never get bored. The, the bad part is that sometimes you won't sleep either. So. If you had a lot of containers in that Suez Canal, I don't know. I, I don't know uh, how were the first days to figure uh, figure things out. So I, you probably didn't get much sleep during that time. I would, yeah, I, would I don't imagine. think they got yeah. much sleep. And it's not only the Suez; it's one thing after the next, right? In the US, you had the fuel pipeline that that, that was hacked and got a cybersecurity mm-hmm. um, attack, and that in, impacted a huge flow of goods. You've had port strikes. Uh, we've had volcano eruptions. We have chip shortages and semiconductor shortages. You never get bored in this, yeah. So that's that's you. You need to expect that, right? If you're if you're in for a clock in, clock out type of a job, this is not it. This is definitely not it. You should get a job as a guard at the museum. That might be more clock in, clock out. Uh, it's not. It doesn't happen in the supply chain. Um, so that's that's one thing to expect. And I think uh, high stress can be there. It's very dynamic, and you got to keep learning. you got to keep being creative, finding solutions. What worked today may not work tomorrow, right? Um, that's another thing that, that you got to be prepared for. And, um, yeah, this, these are some of the things. But in general, I mean, the, the, the second part of your question in terms of advice, right, and, and mm-hmm. what I would say to build uh, on the point of how do you build your career and how do you take steps to have a long-term what you would call a long-term journey within supply chain and you grow. I think it's important also that a couple of fundamental things is not, I don't think I'm going to share some incredible secrets here, but fundamentally you got to have great mentors and, and make sure that you surround yourself and you ask for advice from people that have walked the path of whatever path you would like to walk, right? Some people might want to become experts in something and you might want to become the best automation engineer. So then you, get your mentor as being the, the best guru in automation. Some might want to become CEOs or then or chief supply chain officers, chief operations officers. So then try to get the manager, the director, the VP that has done it to give you advice. So I think strong mentors is important. I would also say that in the first years, three to eight years, 
the more broad you can go or diverse you can go and experience the better especially if you want to go into a management position down the line usually consulting related jobs in supply chain or management uh, trainships where you are exposed to the different facets of supply chain are very good for you to understand the end-to-end -end piece right so supply chain somebody told me a long time ago the simplest way to understand supply chain is by dividing it in four buckets you have the bucket of planning you know your first plan for the product what raw materials to buy what what needs to happen where do you put it so you plan right without a plan you're dead <laughs> the second step is procure you need to buy right you need to buy whatever you need to make this, the, the product whether it's raw materials where it's services where there's logistics whatever it is you need to procure it third one you make it right the manufacturing piece and fourth one you move it logistics piece right so it's plan procure make deliver so if you fairly early on as a career in supply chain manage to touch upon all four i would say that that gives that end to end uh, understanding that is extremely extremely valuable because sometimes corporations box people right so you start in planning then they they tend to keep you in planning for a while so if you manage to to cut across uh in, in early on three to eight years especially again if you want to become a at the management level, I think that's extremely useful. If you want to become an expert in planning, then stay in planning. That's that's perfectly fine. So that's that's another uh, piece of advice that I would say. And thirdly, as much as possible, travel, move, change jobs, change continents, change countries. That flexibility of thought, of cultures, of mindsets, of operations, that matters a lot. So that that I would say and I would urge people to do. Again, we have certain limitations now in place with COVID, but it's still possible to, to move around. That's some fantastic advice, Radu. I, I think that that answer was uh, was spot on and just uh, incredible to hear your advice uh, there for, for people starting their, their supply chain careers. So, uh, Radu, you recently held the Alcott Makers and Movers Summit. Uh, what did you find to be the critical takeaways from that event? What did you learn? What did you enjoy about it? We had, uh, the, the event was actually a proud moment for us. We had like, almost 7,000 uh, plus people that joined. It was the largest wow. event of its kind in the world. I'm hoping the whole the whole year, the year is still young, but so far it's the largest in, in the world. And um, it's also a testament that people are wanting to find out more, are learning, are trying to figure it out. Are They're all struggling with this, right? So they're, they're going to these events and, and hopefully we put together a good lineup of speakers, content, case studies that enable them to learn. So the interest is very high. The struggle and challenges are across the board. All industries, most professionals are struggling with this. And I guess some conclusions that came across at the fundamental level, whether it was in, you know, whether it was in logistics or it was in electronics or FMCG uh, or healthcare or automotives, there were, there were a couple of common themes that came up. So number one, technology is important, but even more important is or are people so people are yeah. are the key of any company it's such a it's such a basic thing but usually we forget we get carried away with the flashy thing with the flashy ai machine learning artificial intelligence machine learning blockchain whatever buzzwords whatever technology happens to be cool and we forget that ultimately it's the people that will implement it or not will use it or not will make the company great or not and sometimes great team with excel will do better than a poor team or a poorly working together team 
uh, with the best uh, technology. So I think uh, that was reinforced. And in these times where disruption is the just new day-to-day -day activity, really, and if it's not one, it's going to be another one. It's also around how can you instill this culture of creativity, change management, ag agility, speed, right, where people are empowered to take decisions, find solutions, and go at it, because it's just it's just a reality. So this was a common theme that people, um, people shared. Um, I guess another big, big point was that the planning piece and, and using your systems and your technology and also your team internally to have that end-to-end -end sharing that enables businesses to plan is incredibly crucial because it's also the difference between making and delivering your product to the client on time or not. And if you have not planned properly, even with Suez, you can't plan for Suez Canal. You can't plan for COVID-19. These things happen. It's a disruption. You Nobody could have predicted it. Um, unless you're some sort of witch. Uh, <laughs> so I, I don't think that anybody would have thought of this. However, what you can, and technology does enable that, and the right people do enable that in companies, what you can do is once it hits, you can have the, the data, the analytics, the insights make sense of that and plan for what can you do now to mitigate what just happened. So if you have 20 containers stuck on Suez, well, that will not reach your customers, right? So can you buy, reroute, remake some of that stuff in point of destination or in an in, in intermediate point so that your ultimate flow to the customer does not get impacted? Or how do you do that? How do you deal with that? So I think that's a crucial area where planning data analytics um, are becoming just uh, incredibly, uh, incredibly important. And I think the third area, if I can summarize, is also the need to continuously learn, develop, and also focus more on the soft skills. Hard skills are crucial. I mean, without hard skills, we, you cannot do. I mean, if you're not, a, if you don't know how to plan, how to procure, how to make, how to deliver things at, at the core, you're not a supply chain professional. But even more important in becoming more and more the three C's, and we kind of distill it to three C's of supply chain, uh, or supply chain executives, it's communication. You need to know how to communicate well how to tell a story, how to convince people, how to influence people, whether it's the board, whether it's external stakeholders, whether it's your own team, whether it's your um, your lateral peers. Second, you need to collaborate. You need to be very good at thinking win-win-win. It's for yourself, it's for the it's for the partners and vendors and 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 clients, and it's also for the greater ecosystem of the, the whole planet and the world, right? I mean, sustainability is a big thing. So collaboration is a skill that needs to be well and truly embedded. And thirdly, change management. The third C stands for change management. You got to just have a culture that is agile, always ready to change, always ready to, to shift, whether it's the process, whether it's the technology, where it's sometimes you need to change people as well. But that is a forever continuous thing, continuing iteration. It will never end. And, and the faster you get and the better you get at change management, the better it will be for forever. So the three C's, yeah, communication, collaboration, change management. Fantastic, fantastic stuff, Radu. Uh, so as we wrap up our conversation today, are there any final thoughts or conclusions or, or even a summary statement you'd like to give uh, our audience just uh, to give them something to walk away with today? Uh, I just want to give you the opportunity to give any final thoughts that you have here on the topic. 
join supply chain. I think that's yeah. that's a key uh, that's a key topic. There's plenty to do. There's loads of problems to fix. Uh, it's it's going to make a much much bigger impact than a lot of other industries, right? So imagine we have problems related to sustainability. There's so much plastic, for example. I mean, if you join supply chain, you can figure it figure out how do you do recyclable packaging? How do you do um, products that can be reused that's a huge problem that you can fix just giving example there's many 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 other problems that you can fix right within supply chain um and the impact is is huge there's still a lot of including the facts and printed things and you know things that are seem quite primitive so the industry is ripe for disruption there's a lot of things that can be leapfrogged and can be advanced uh, look at also what Uber did. Look at you know some of this uh, latest. Amazon ultimately is a supply chain company. I mean, it's e-commerce at the core is supply chain. Is moving things, is getting things and moving it and delivering it to the right person. So it's exciting stuff. It's it's probably a best time to join, and uh, and I think you will not get bored at all if you do. I think you were absolutely right about that. Radu Palomario, he's the Managing Director for Asia Pacific at Alcott Global. Radu, thank you so much for joining us here on Careers on the Move and sharing a little bit more about your experience and what you're seeing right now in supply chain. It's been a blast having you on the show. Thank you. My pleasure, Tyler. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to go to www.elcottglobal.com and click the podcast button for all the show notes of the interview. Also, subscribe to our mailing list to get our latest updates first. If you're listening through a streaming platform like iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher, we would appreciate a kind review. Five star works best to keep us going and our production team happy. And of course, share it with your friends. I'm most active on LinkedIn, so do feel free to follow me. And if you have any suggestions on what, what to do and who to invite next, don't hesitate to drop me a note. And if you're looking to hire top executives in supply chain or transform your business, of course, contact us as well to find out how we can help.